93.7 Express FM. Hello and welcome to another coronavirus special podcast. On the show this week, we spoke face masks with Deputy Leader of Portsmouth City Council, Steve Pitt. We were also talking face masks and the state of pharmacies uh, with Mrs. Lally a little bit later on. Of course, gyms are reopening also uh, on the 25th of July. We'd speak about that a little bit later. And we hear from Jack Edwards from the King's Theatre as well. So let's kick off the show hearing from Deputy Leader of Portsmouth City Council, Steve Pitt. Hi, Robbie. How are things? You well? Not too bad, thank you. Uh, Face masks, yes or no, Steve? Well, they made a bit of a mess of it, Robbie, haven't they, really? Um, The thing I find particularly odd is that people are now going to be asked to wear face masks in supermarkets, and yet we weren't through the whole of lockdown when we were supposed to be being at our most careful. And I think it's those kind of mixed messages that people are finding really odd. Um, but nevertheless, you know, the, the priority has got to be uh, stopping the spread of the virus. That's what we've got to do. I mean, you know, we have been fortunate here and it's, it's great that we haven't lost too many people, but we have lost people. You know, but families have suffered, um, loved ones have, have been lost and we've just got to try and keep those numbers as low as we possibly can. And if it means wearing face masks in supermarket and shops, well, you know, I've been doing it uh, when I wear, I think it's sensible to do so. Uh, and if I've got to do it all the time, I will. Um, and I think anything that's going to stop more families going through tragedies, we've just got to get on with it. Mm, I, I read, a, I remember reading a couple of months ago, a thread on Twitter about, you know, uh, about cases, a case for not wearing a face mask. And and the, where I remember reading it and thinking that there's a lot of grey areas here and there's a lot of a lot of areas, you know, unknowns, which we keep saying that there are. And you say that there's, there's been this uh, this delay from the government to, to enforce whether or not they should be worn. Do you think that, it's, that there's been a delay in the science or do you think that there's a delay in the fact that the, the, the counter argument that people we're not seeing, you know, we're now we are now seeing more people than we were when we were staying at home? Well, I think it's a bit of both, really. Um, but when you look at countries that have had more experience of dealing with this type of virus to, than we have, um, places like uh, South Korea, for example, and Japan, uh, you know, they moved to wearing face marks very quickly and their rate of infection has been significantly lower. Uh, they've also got be- they're better at track and trace than us. Um, and I think, you know, we, we had the advantage there of knowing that those guys had been through similar experiences before and we could learn from that. Um, I think that the, the way to look at it is not whether there's an argument to, to whether we wear them or not, but is it actually harmful to wear? Is it going to hurt? As a person, if I wear a face mask to go into a shop, is that actually going to negatively impact on me? And in my particular case, no. And I think in the vast majority of cases, no. There are obviously people who are exceptions, who are prone to panic attacks or they maybe have breathing difficulties and stuff, and they are exempt from doing that under the, under the legislation and the guidance. So um, I think it's a case of, you know, the, the science has always been there to say that as long as everyone's doing it, it makes sense. Um, it's just a case that different governments have responded in different ways, and ours has been a lo- quite a long way behind the curve com- compared to others. But we are where we are, um, and you know Scotland made this decision a couple of weeks ago, and I think um, us coming into line with that is, has got to be a good thing. Uh, it's not going to cause more people to be infected. I think that's pretty clear. 
Have you uh, have you seen many people wearing? Have you have you worn them? You say you say that yeah, there's I've no got, there's no 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 you know nothing to lose in in wearing one. No, we've got some, we made some homemade ones quite early on, um, and um, I've um, been under the hospital for the last couple of months just having some uh, tests and checkups and stuff. So I've wanted to be a bit more careful. So when I have gone into shops or environments where I'm going to be around other people, um, that in indoors, then I've put one on. Uh, and I haven't thought twice about it. Really, it's not a, it's not a major deal. Um, I know some people, you know, say that they 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 don't want to wear them. I I just I don't really understand that argument. I, I think it's it's a sensible thing. And you've got to remember, it's it's not so much about being careful for yourself, or well, that doesn't hurt. Uh, but it's also about protecting other people. And if if by me wearing a face mask, I'm going to reduce the chances of somebody else getting this awful disease, well, I'm going to wear one. Sure, I remember. Um... I remember we spoke last week about the uh, the, the support helpline that there is for for local businesses, and um, I want to I want to put yourself put ourselves in the shoes of these businesses now, the, these owners of these local independent shops that um, that are going to be running them from next week. They'll they'll be open on the twenty fourth of July. They will have customers come to their store, and they won't be wearing a face mask. And they will maybe be asked to wear a face mask by the by the owner of the store. Maybe they'll say, "Can you put a face mask on?" And then that customer says, "No, I won't." What? What? How can we help this horrible situation for these business owners that they are likely to be in? Because this isn't something that can really be policed on a you know on a big scale, is it? No, and it's, you know, this is one of one of the factors. It's exactly the same for bar owners. If people are not being compliant around social distancing, um, you know, it's difficult for them as well. Um, and all anybody can do is do their best. Uh, you know, I, I don't think what we certainly wouldn't want to see is shopkeepers, you know, confront, having confrontations with people um, where they're putting their, their personal safety in jeopardy. Um, but you've just got to hope that, you know, by getting the message out there that, you know, these, these shops have, a lot of them have had a really difficult time. Many of them have been closed for quite a few months. You need to try and help them and support our local businesses by just popping a mask on when you go into their shop um, because it's for their benefit as much as it is yours. It's not, you know, the, all the evidence is that by wearing a mask, you reduce the chances of other people getting infected. Well, if these shopkeepers have been through enough, uh, I think the least we can all do is help them out a bit by trying to make sure that they don't catch this virus because that's really what it's about. But there, but what I'd counter that is that there are always there always are and there always will be people that break the rules. What what advice could you actually give if you were talking to a business owner right now who is in that situation? What would you advise them to do? Do they call the police? Do they just do, do they what do they do? Well, they can't. They can call the police, but the police are obviously quite obviously not going to be able to be running around Portsmouth going to every single one of these incidents. They just won't have the capacity to do that. So. Um, <laughs> If it, if I was personally, and I used to run pubs, if I was personally in that situation, um, I think I would decline to, just decline to serve the individual. If if they then their behaviour then escalated in a negative way, and I felt that that was making the situation worse, I'd probably just serve them and try and get them out of the shop as fast as possible. Um, and what else can you do, really? Everybody's got to make that decision about what they do to best manage their own personal safety. Uh, and I certainly, as I said just now, I certainly won't want anybody putting themselves in harm's way uh, in order to enforce the government rules when the police just aren't, don't have the numbers to get out there and back every shop owner up, unfortunately. Sure. Uh, and, and would you would you advise the the general public of Portsmouth to 
pick out, you know, to, to or to pull people up on on not wearing them into a shop or or to sort of help, you know, these shop owners out? Because I remember we, we were talking about this um, a, a couple of months ago when we were we were in the supermarket saying, well, what, what do you do if someone doesn't doesn't social distance? Do you pull, pull, pull them out? Do you say, excuse me, could you just move back a little bit? What do you reckon we can do a similar thing with face masks, try and help the, the owners out? Yeah, I mean, what we don't want to see is people getting into confrontations. You know, as, a, as somebody who's a former public, and I've seen that go very wrong very quickly. Sure. Um, so I think that, you know, the best thing that other members of the public can do is to very clearly show that they are not happy with that person uh, who's, not, who's choosing not to wear a mask uh, by staying as far away from them as possible. Um, that's, that's the safe thing to do. Uh, what we don't want to see... Couldn't possibly recommend is people be, uh, taking on a vigilante attitude and and trying to intervene um, because it's you just don't know how that person's going to react. You know, if, if somebody doesn't care enough about somebody else's safety to pop on a face mask, then they're not going to care very much about what anyone else thinks about it either, are they? Sure, good point, well made. Um, right, let's move, uh, move move briefly off the topic of face masks. Then uh, eat out, help out. Of course, the 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 slogan that's being used by the government um, with this new initiative to try and get people into into restaurants and the fifty percent off bills uh, being introduced. This will work in Pompey, won't it? With a with a low infection rate. Yeah, I've I've, I've heard uh, anecdotally from a few of our local uh, restaurant owners that they're already seeing quite a lot of bookings coming in uh, for August, so I think it will be popular. Um, Obviously, it's not going to help everyone, um, but um, there are, uh, you know, if you're a good business and you you offer a good product, then I think you can expect to be quite busy in August, and that's got to be a good thing because a lot of those restaurants have lost almost all their trade for a prolonged period of time. So anyone not doing a takeout service has has seen their trade decimated. So anything that's going to help is uh, is welcome. Sure, and and just uh, a, a remi- could you just remind people for us where 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 can businesses go? Where should they go if they need support with with any with any of this face masks, eating out, whatever it might be? So th- th- we've compiled a huge amount of information at the council that we can point people towards. So if they do call the business support line on oh two three nine two eight four one six four one. Uh, then they'll be able to uh, get speak to a proper living person. They won't be directed to an answer machine. They speak to a human being who knows lots and lots of stuff about how to point them towards the right information, double-check they have applied for grant funding that was available to them, if it was available, um, and uh, and help them to be COVID-safe. That's what we'd, we'd, the team's been working really hard. They've actually been out in the high streets talking to businesses helping them with uh, queues uh, they've been down visiting hospitality businesses during the reopening period for that they've worked really really hard we're doing everything we can to support local businesses so do call the helpline if you need any advice or support great and just uh, just finally steve before we let you go um th- th- there's been quite a lot of talk over the last 48 hours actually of a, of a winter spike you know pot- potentially um hitting the country in portsmouth would just very quickly would portsmouth be more prepared for it oh we'd, we've yes i think i think all local authorities will be because we've all learned a lot um from dealing with with things the first time around um so we would be prepared. None of us want to see that happen. But, uh, you know, in all likelihood, there's going to be some kind of rising cases, however minor or major that may be. And we all hope, obviously, that it is uh, at a low level. But the, the local authority has learned a lot. And we constantly have meetings where we're looking at how 
yes, we're standing back up services now and getting things moving again and trying to be as business as usual as possible. But in doing so, we're working out how we can quickly go back to uh, reverse those uh, situations into uh, some form of lockdown if it's needed. So that's always part of the planning, being able to... We're in what we call the recovery phase, but we know that we may need to flex that back into the response phase if the cases rise and we're ready to do that. And what, and what would that uh, sort of j- just quickly? What would that entail? Is this is this bringing the the lockdown measures in sooner? Is there is there anything you can describe that is sort of that people would would absolutely see um, anything that's sort of tangible that would happen be done differently? Well, we we don't know for sure, but what we anticipate would happen is if the cases started to rise in the local area, that we might see some kind of localized lockdown, and that could be as extreme as Leicester's seen at the moment, that we're all hearing about Leicester, uh, but also some people may have heard yesterday that Black, Blackburn are introducing less less extreme measures than, than Leicester. So I'd expect to see more of a sort of localised response where each area uh, adapts according to the number of cases that they're seeing. That's going to depend on whether this is a very low-level second surge or whether it's, it's uh, more extreme. If it's more extreme, then those decisions will be made very obviously by government and then we'll be having to follow those guidelines as we did the first time around. Sure. OK. Uh, listen, uh, Councillor Steve Pitt, all, always appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being on the show this evening and, uh, no and, and chatting to us. Thanks, Robbie. And say hi to Jack Edwards for me when you speak to him late. 93.7 Express FM. Uh, let's continue the discussion about face masks. We will do that very, very shortly. But uh, let's listen to Mrs. Lally, who is on with Darren Gamblin this morning. Uh, Mrs. Lally's, Lally, of course, the owner of Lally's Pharmacy in Portsmouth. She was talking about how pharmacies are fed in the last few months this morning. Well, when it first started, it was, I will say the word crazy. Hmm. It was a bit frightening. There was apprehension. There was um, fear. You know, I, in my life, I've never seen anything like it. And my own brain thought, oh, this will be over in three to four weeks. And yeah. I thought, because, you know, our brains psychologically are tuned to living. And you don't understand a virus, a thing you can't see. It's governing our lives. And I kept talking. We were talking at home between my husband and my son and the family. And I thought, it's going to go. And then suddenly you realize, well, it's not. Mm. So a new way of living, isn't it? New way of living now. Yeah, and, and learning to be more more adaptable. And you're right. I was. Yeah. I, think, I, I think everybody was in the same mindset. We thought this would be for about three or four weeks, and then we'll move on. <laughs> However, <laughs> fourteen <laughs> weeks down the line, things are slightly different, aren't they? Yeah. Not only that, we got to appreciate. We don't you find that we've learned to appreciate people, life, mm. things you took for granted, isn't it? Going yeah. to a coffee sitting there, um, just walking into a shop, not thinking of the, the surroundings. It, it's like the Almighty has suddenly showed us <laughs> that I'm bigger than thou, so you have to think of it. And and you know what? A lot of good people you didn't expect to perform have performed to their levels beyond expectations. In, in our teams, I'll say it with my hand on my heart, I was blessed to feel I was surprised to see how even younger members of the team who had never been on board with such things or nobody had with anything they just took things on in their stride and I said to my husband this is wow this is a a, a human um, factor where people are living you know together to help mankind hmm. and, and for, for once 
pharmacy profession got recognized to the level it should be. I, I know everybody worked there, and but you know, day in day out, we were inundated with. I, I think suddenly people thought, "I'm not going to get my medicine. I'm not going to be able mm. to buy them." Mm. That's why you had that mad rush. We couldn't get paracetamol. We couldn't get ibuprofen. We couldn't get stock. And and you're thinking, "Am I really living in the 21st century? What's going on?" <laughs> it's um, you know, it's been an eye opener, like a roller coaster. And now the ride is sort of smooth, but we all have to be cautious and, and mindful. Still. Mindful, you know, yeah. everyone matters. It's like they say, everybody's life matters now, really. When, when, when this first well, first happened, Mrs. Lally, I, 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 I know you for some months now and, and a couple of yeah. years, and, and, I, and I can I can see you sitting there. Upon reflection, um, <laughs> what have you learned from? And, and you mentioned a couple of things there, but, but, but what have you really learned from from this experience? I think I've I've, I've noticed I did resilience to be there with mm. people and yeah. it, your character comes out, resilience and and appreciating. We must appreciate one thing. People criticize the NHS before and all and other people, teachers. Look look on board how people have come on. Mm. I was surprised to see how teachers had to go into schools or do online teaching. They've done a lot. And as parents and as individuals in a country or in the world, I think we have a responsibility too. We should not put everything onto others. So uh, I learned that there is a lot of good out there as well. There's a lot of people who want to gel together, work together, but we must appreciate what we have uh, and what the government did to have the furlough scheme in. Hats off to Boris and Rishi and all of them. And, and I think now we have to work together as a nation. Yeah. Let's bring it up on its feet again because we're not the only ones who suffered. We're very lucky mm. to be in a country where everyone, we've had these systems in. You must see in the world there are places where people have just crumbled. There's poverty. There's, there's, it's, it's a real eye-opener, this whole thing has been. And, and I've become much more appreciative of things I took for granted, little things. You know, like I told you, visit to my coffee shop and yep. talking on the phone or going attending. I'm not a woman who likes to, you know, go out gallivanting or go clubbing <laughs> or anything. I've done all that in my young days. <laughs> but I, I did appreciate all this. The, the teams, the way they got together, especially when I saw different you go to the supermarket, mm. you were seeing those are key workers, the lorry drivers, the delivery guys. And I thought, wow, this is really nice. We have all pulled together. And mm. and even in the NHS, I mean, I was surprised the way our, our staff, you know, we, everywhere we had to, people had to queue. Yeah. And it was, and even now in the branches, you have to be careful. And let's see what uh, Boris says today. And, you know, on 24th July, we have to start wearing these masks. Let's see how it holds for us. Mm. It's, um, you know, and, and we all became in little bubbles in our unit. That's how we worked. We were little bubbles. Mm. But it's a bit frightening now because those bubbles are opening. So I think as a community and as a city, Portsmouth's done really well as a city, I feel. I've yeah. heard yeah. the levels have been fine. So even now, please be careful even when you go out, you know. Be mindful and uh, don't you think, think that if I go out today and I'm fine, but... You go to a pub, there's nothing wrong, but just keep that distance, yeah. that little thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. I t- totally agree. Uh, yeah, I'll we just... need to get the economy going, but 
we all have to be careful as well, a little bit. How much did you miss? You mentioned it there briefly. This is one of the things, you know, you, you realise how fortunate you are. When you when you look forward and you've missed actually going out to a restaurant and having a meal outside. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what there's a saying? When you can't do something, mm. the human brain wants it more. Yeah. It's not that I used to go out or other people did. I think it's like a child. When you say to a child, you can't have that sweet till lunchtime, he's going to want that sweet before lunchtime, isn't it? Mm. And this is what happened to all of us. We're human beings. Yeah. I was just talking to my neighbor this morning. I said, not having that thing, um, any item there, is when your, your your instinct says, I do want it, yeah. I need it. <laughs> and you don't <laughs> need it, but your brain says, I need that. And, and we've all, even you must have, haven't we got conditioned mm. to a little bit of calmness and realizing, I must appreciate my GP. I must appreciate that teacher. You know, and everyone, you are an important person because when you are on the media, your voice is going out to thousands out there, millions. You are even being heard maybe on the other side of the world. Your little note of happiness or your little advice could make somebody's day, could change somebody, you know, Mm. and that is important. Whatever comes out of our mouth. Sometimes I think we have seen other extremes of this where people were getting a bit annoyed, you know, when we had that mad bind. And I remember we had that incident. I don't know if you saw when this poor nurse cried on television that she had done such a long shift for yeah. a few days. Yeah. And, could, and that's where I think, you know, we, we need to be a bit mindful. Mm. Like, you can't stock up toilet roll and kitchen roll and stuff like that and not think of others and food. So the whole thing was just a... I think nobody expected it to be like that. That was Mrs. Lally uh, from Lally's Pharmacy on the show with Darren this morning. Of course, they took questions, as they always do when Mrs. Lally is on the show. One listener asked about where they can find a mask that will cater for someone who suffers from asthma. Do you know, this? This masks are something new to all of us, isn't yeah. it? We yeah. never used to, I remember when we would travel abroad, and if you ever saw someone wearing a mask, I used to wonder, why are they doing that? But... <laughs> There are so many out there, and I think asthma is a condition. She's got to see how people are affected at different levels. So Mm -hmm. she's got to see how it affects her. Bearing in mind, when you're in a public place and walking in using public transport, uh, a mask does help the droplet transfer or that's what they say, you know, yeah. it, it, it seems to be, we want to protect each other, yourself and the other. I, to be fair at present, don't know if there's a... We have to look at the market. She has to see if there's any one which is completely particular because we get the washable mask, mm. the disposable one. Yeah. And I do know what she's saying. Wearing a mask at all times is quite tough. And sometimes I think for someone like that, would just wearing a visor help because at least she's breathing. But then, uh, to to be fair, I know I haven't given a proper answer. I, I really don't know if there's any particular mask which I can tick and say, that's the best one for you. Yeah. She has to judge and see the ones on the market. There's some you can get um, the washable ones as well. And some people have made at home. We we were very lucky. One of our firm in Petersfield made some masks for us. And I think we just gave something towards their charity and we've had at, at our branches, we kept baskets under the till. So if somebody wanted, we thought, there's a cloth mask. They've been made so beautifully. This company was making scrubs for another surgery. And I thought, those sort of masks. But then when you read about these different things, 
you, you don't know which one is the best one. I think you have to judge which one suits you more. Because, mm. like, for, my, for example, I don't suffer from asthma, but I went shopping the other day and I wore the homemade one. And I must have been in it within for about a couple of hours. And I thought, this is hard. This is quite, because you have to cover your nose, your mouth. So we just have to judge because there is some day which says they help you breathe a bit better. Maybe on the market more, on the internet. Because you can't see them in shops. The ones we have are, um, they say breathable. I I think Melanie's got to see what suits her when you get one. And I know they are expensive, uh, the the high range ones. I didn't. I don't think there's any particular answer to this because you've got to see some of them say, especially for asthma patients. Yeah, yeah. They are quite expensive, and you think, will that work for me? <laughs> I find the disposable ones quite good. They're about 65 euro a pound, but those are just now and again. So if she's working and if she wants to use it for work or for traveling, she'll have to. She'll have to see which one on the market, you know, do a bit yeah, of research yeah. in her own way because she knows the level of asthma, how if she's quite severe, then she has to work out. Though if we need to cover our mouth, in some cases, if it's affecting what she's trying to help, then she has to see what suits her. Is it worth her putting it all the time? Or like I said, using a visor. You're getting quite good visors now out mm. there. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Uh, the other one has just come to mind, actually. I mean, there's a lot of forums out there. Uh, online where people are talking about this kind of stuff so yeah. maybe maybe yeah. Melanie you could I would, I would listen to, to what Mrs Lally has said but also go on to a forum and see if there's any <laughs> definite yeah. answers out there yeah trial and error isn't it because it's new for all of us yeah trial and error maybe yeah. and it's not that if I definitely knew one which was good I would say that's the one that's yeah. the one for you now, that was Mrs. Lally from Lally's Pharmacy on the show earlier today with Darren Gamblin talking about face masks. Uh, let's move things along, shall we? Because on the 25th of July, indoor gyms will be allowed to reopen as long as social distancing measures are in place. Let's talk about that now to Abby, who's the owner of Absolute Personal Training in Fort Whitley. Hi, Abby. Hi, yeah. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Abby. How have uh, how have the last few months been for you? How have things sort of how have you been working the last few months? Um, so we obviously had to shut at the end of March um, here at the gym, which was really kind of worrying time for us. But we've managed to um, offer online training, personal training, um, all throughout lockdown, which has been amazing. Um, and then since um, the restrictions were lifted slightly, um, since the beginning of June, we've been able to offer outdoor training, which has been amazing. Um, we've got an outdoor area that we can use at Fort Whitley where the gym is based. Um, and so we've got this massive private area. We've been able to offer one-to-one outdoor training and also um, classes for up to five people. We've brought back some of our classes as well, which has been so good to be able to get back to a little bit of normality um, and see some people and get them out of their houses, etc. Yeah, of course. And, and I suppose for you, for you, it sounds like it's been a big win having the um, having the sort of the outdoor land. Because I suppose without that, you wouldn't have been able to you wouldn't have been able to open up at all, would you? No, most definitely. And I know a lot of trainers within the city have really kind of struggled with that if they're working in big commercial gyms and I do really feel for them um, because I know a lot of people have been using the common which is great it's amazing that we've got the space in the city to be able to use that Um, but we have been extremely lucky that um, here at Fort Whitley we've got this private area outdoors that we can use 
which is really, really good. So what's the deal uh, next week then when, when uh, indoor gyms, of course, are allowed to reopen? Are you going to be moving indoors or are you going to stay outdoors for a bit? What's going to happen then? Yeah, so from the 25th, so that's next week, um, we will be bringing our personal training sessions inside. Um, I mean, it's been beautiful doing them outside. We've got an amazing view. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, um, as as it always does, the weather decided to turn when we decided to come back. The, <laughs> the weather hasn't been quite so great. Um, so we have had a few soggy sessions, but hey, that it, adds, it builds your character, doesn't it, being outside in the rain? Um, but yes, yeah, so from next week, we'll be bringing our one-to-one sessions inside into um, our private gym. Um, and we'll be putting all measures in place to make that um, safe for people to be able to train inside. The classes will stay outside for the time being, um, as the space we have inside doesn't allow us to safely socially distance the classes. So we will be keeping those outside for the time being. Sure. And it, uh, it does seem, I mean, to me, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased because I know, I know so many people, I'd love to say myself, but so many, so many people have missed the gym so much over the last few yeah. months. And, and coming back is going to be, is going to be such a, of such benefit to so many people, but also it is going to, is going to be an element of risk, isn't it? With, with the whole, you know, the exercise indoors in an indoor space. How are you, what, what sort of um, risk is there, is there in your, in your, um, sort of ideas what do you think about it well obviously and i i totally understand i respect anyone that doesn't feel ready or anything to come back um that's totally fine so the measures we're putting in place is that i mean we've kind of got into a bit of a routine anyway with the stuff that we've been able to run up until now um we now have 10 minute gaps in between any sessions um so that minimizes contact between any clients coming in and out of um the area um, and it also gives us a chance to be able to wipe down any equipment that has been used and make sure we're thoroughly cleaning everything um, within the gym uh, which is really really um, obviously important to do. Um, And will will you be doing that? Yes yes so us as trainers so there's three of us that work here as personal trainers we all have our own separate rooms so we've got enough rooms that if all three of us are in with clients, then you've all got your own separate room. So clients will all be completely separate. It will just be the trainer and the client in the room together. We have windows in every room, so they will be open for ventilation. Um, and then everything that a client uses will be totally cleaned after every session sure. uh, before the next client then comes in. How do you feel about it as the, as the person that's going to have to you know be around these people and the person that, like you said, they're about ha- having to do the cleaning and everything? How do you feel? Do you, I, I imagine you feel excited, but there, you also must feel a bit of, of apprehension. Yeah, slightly. Um, more, my apprehension is more that am I doing the right thing for my clients? I feel mm. like I've got the duty of care to my clients. Yes, I need to protect myself as well, but I want to be able to create the safest environment for our clients that come in here, um, so that's my that's my main concern: is that am I am I doing everything I can to create that environment um, for them? But yeah, no, I mean it's just it's just getting into that new way of working, and I I'm just so excited to get back to doing what I love really absolutely absolutely and I imagine so many people are, are, are so excited to to come back to to absolute personal training and sort of to get back into into that groove do you think that it's going to be a similar story for 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 most indoor gyms do you think that they'll be able to sort of nicely ease back into it or do you think that this is going to be a this is going to be a lot tougher for some other places oh, 
I really hope so, and I really do wish everyone the best of luck with what they do. Um, I mean, I think we are that slightly bit luckier here um, in the fact that we are only small. We can control the amount of people that are coming in out in and out quite easily. We have minimal people in at a time, so we're not the kind of gym where you can just come and use the equipment. You will always be in here with a trainer in a personal training session. Yeah. Um, so we're and then we're able to easily manage the cleaning afterwards and things like that. So in that sense, um, we are slightly luckier and we can probably kind of manage it a little bit more. Um, but for the big gyms, I wish them all the best of luck because I think it's so important. I just want everyone to be able to get back to what they love doing and and to be able to earn a little bit of money again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it's uh, it's T minus ten days, Abby, before you before Yay! you kick off. So, um, <laughs> listen, I hope all goes well for you on the twenty fifth, and and all the very best of luck to you as well um, oh, for for when so it reopens, much. and and good luck with it. Keep us updated. Thank you. Will do. Take care. That's Abby, the uh, owner director of Absolute Personal Training in Fort Widley. We've also got Luke, the co-founder of Well Fit and Sweat Sweat Salsi on the line. Hi, Luke. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Robbie. Uh, how are things, Luke? I remember last time we we spoke a couple of months ago. The world's moved on a little bit. It has. It's been a roller coaster. But, I imagine um, you're excited for the next uh, for the next ten days to, to go as quickly as they possibly can. Are you? We we are very excited. Um, we have been rolling with the punches, and we um, we pivoted to deliver some really great online content, live streaming, and also some outdoors. Um, in recent weeks, which has been great. But yes, we are really looking forward to opening our actual doors. It was, it, with, with pubs reopening and things like that over the last few weeks, we've often heard people say, oh, we, you know, we've been ready to open for, for a few weeks before we actually are opening. Is it similar, similar with gyms and with you guys? Have you, been, you kind of had the procedures in place already? Yep. So we've been able to second guess a lot of the procedures. Um, we've also had really good support from our governing bodies, UK Active and Simspar, who have provided toolkits and resources and just kind of given us a heads up about the things that we should have considered, really. And what's, what, what things are, uh, are going to be changed? What's the customer experience going to be like when they do come into the gym on the 25th? So for us, it's essential to have really good communication. So all our existing clients have been spoken to throughout and just making sure that our website's really clear, our systems are automated, will be cashless, paperless, all that kind of stuff. And when they come for the first time, they know the system. So um, at Sweat Southsea, we're going to be having temperature checks. Um, there'll be deep cleans and cleans after every single use. Um, there won't be any equipment sharing um, during classes. Um, and all the equipment will be spaced out um, as, as appropriately. It, it seems it, in a way, I know there's been a few questions asked about the fact that, you know, basically at the same time that gyms are reopening for, for people to do exercise in an indoor space, it's suddenly going to become mandatory to wear a face mask in an indoor space. Now, I mean, I, I, I presume that face masks, you know, can't be worn whilst doing exercise, can they? I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, I've struggled breathe whilst out on a run at the best of times. Is this going to be, is this likely to, do you think, to be an issue? So we'd already earmarked for our instructors to all be wearing face masks during sessions anyway, just because of the amount of people that they're coming into contact with on a daily basis. Right. Um, we weren't anticipating um, clients needing to wear face masks, but obviously the, the chat has now kind of um, turned towards people needing to wear sh- uh, face masks in shops, and, and the advice might come, I guess, for, for people to need to wear face masks in gyms. But we'll just have to see... Um, 
what the advice is and then just go with it. Mm. Do, do you think that's possible? Do you think it's possible to do a workout in a, in a gym, you know, normally quite warm with a face mask on? I think it'd be really difficult and I think we need to consider other alternatives like um, ventilation um, and temperature checking people when they, when they come in, knowing exactly who's on the premises. Um, we're quite fortunate in that we're a really small studio, so we specialise in one-to-ones and small groups anyway. Mm. So um, typically a, a class was 10 people before and we'll be going down to five in each. So there'll be a maximum of 15 people, including our staff on premises at any one time and it's a 3,000 square foot warehouse. So, um, I mean, the government can't differentiate between big gyms and small studios, we understand that. But yeah, it will be frustrating if people uh, are kind of told to um, wear face masks in, in gyms Having said that, we will also be continuing with our outdoor and our online so that we, we offer absolute flexibility for our clients and, and just make sure that people can can stay active and, and fit um, whatever their kind of concerns are. Yeah, and, and you've had you mentioned that you've had that sort of um, that sort of foundation, that buffer, you know, to, to keep you afloat with the with the streaming and things like that. If if you know, we really hope that it doesn't. But if things do have to, you know, we do have to take a couple of steps back. Then then will, will you be able to survive? You know, how are things financially? Yeah, so we've been really lucky with a furlough scheme that protected our staff um, in, in the most part, and um, the support that we, we've we've gained has has kind of got us this far. I think if our premises was to stay closed for a prolonged period of time, that would definitely make us. Um, kind of struggle um, and you, you know when is the end and when is the end coming that would be our kind yeah. of question um, but yeah hopefully it won't come to that yeah absolutely well Luke I hope all um, all goes well in the in the next 10 days and also from the 25th when you when you start back up again properly hope it goes well Great. Cheers, Robbie. Thanks for the call. Express FM. One industry that has face is still facing a lot of uncertainty as to when they will reopen is the theatre industry. Earlier in the week on Portsmouth Breakfast with Mason Jordan, Jack Edwards, the creative director at the King's Theatre, discussed how the last few months have been for the theatre industry and those at the King's Theatre themselves. It's pretty scary, really. Um, it's um, But, you know, we're still working away and making sure that we can get all the programme ready for when we can open and obviously into next year and beyond. So, you know, it's still a busy time and we've got a lot of stuff going on in the building just to make sure that everything's safe for everybody for when they come back in. Because um, that's obviously our priority is just to make sure that everything is is clean and, you know, and, and sanitised. And um, we're actually having um, a new spruce up with a carpet in the stores, which is, um, which is I'm sure, will be a welcome thing from our audiences. <laughs> So, yeah, so a lot going on. Then now, obviously, that there was a lot of worry uh, in the whole world, in the whole arts world. There was like music venues that have been shutting down across the country. There's been theatres shutting down just down the road to, in, in Southampton. Um, things are, are, are not going too well. Um, there was a recent government announcement: one point five billion, one point five seven billion, or something like that. Obviously, the yeah. King's Theatre doesn't get all of that, um, but no. I, I, that must be very welcome news for the industry. Well, it is welcome news, but we don't know how it's going to be split up. So that's going to be the, the interesting thing. And obviously waiting on, on the guidelines because the devil is in the detail. Mm. So, you know, it's going to be, we're going to see what actually, how it's split up, who it goes to, you know, because it's split up into loans and grants. So um, I, it sounds like a lot of money 
and it is a lot of money, obviously, to me and you. But in the world where it's going to be given out to museums and music venues and theatres, I'm not sure it's going to go a long way, if I'm honest. Well, there's there's a lot of different places out there, isn't it, for the, to, to, to be divided yeah. out to? If it was just theatres, it would be a very different story. But because it's going to all of the arts, culture and stuff, then, you know, which is absolutely right, because it's not just about theatre. Um, but I'm just worried that I'm not sure how far it's going to spread itself. But we shall see once the government make a, a few more announcements in the coming weeks. Now, it seems uh, all through this, the King's Theatre have been quite positive about it. I know you've been doing a lot of uh, sort of Q&As and live streams and things like that. Uh, why was it important for you to do these bits and pieces whilst the theatre's closed? Well, for us, I mean, as I said um, just a moment ago, our audiences are really important to us, you know, and, and especially personally to me, you know, I've grown up in Portsmouth and, you know, I know quite a few of the audience members and it's really important that we give back something. And I just felt like, and um, me and my, my team, we just felt it was, it was right to do that, to communicate with the audiences, to, you know, take any questions that they... Because we don't want people left in the dark. I think people have been left in the dark long enough. They've had a lot of worry over the last four months, um, you know, including ourselves. But we felt like if we can do some Facebook Lives, Q&As, um, it would just help people understand exactly what's going on in, in the industry and our our own um, industry in the, in the theatre. So it was really good for us to get out there and talk to people. It was, I mean, we can't look at them face to face. But we were hoping, and, and this was a real thing with my CEO, Paul Wolf, was the angle of our cameras was to make sure that we could look people in the eye. And that was the main thing, was just to make it feel more personal to somebody. Um, so when we were talking, it felt like we were actually talking at them. And, we've, you know, we've got a lot more you know, Q&As coming. We're going to do that, you know, because it's so important. And even when the theatre's up and running, it might be a weekly occurrence because I think... The audience love to know what's going on. And I think the minute you keep them in the dark, the minute you're going to lose them. Our aim is to get them back in that theatre, keep them safe and make sure that everybody has a good time. It's so important. I mean, we're all nosy parkers, aren't we? So we'll have a good backstage tour and stuff. So that's all brilliant. We do. We do. And we've actually got one um, this Friday, actually, at 12 o'clock. We're doing um, our second part of the backstage tour, which will be more around the front of house of the theatre. So that's exciting as well. Awesome. Now, um, of course, there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of different changes and stuff that's happening. We've, I suppose you can't have plans set in place and stuff at the moment, but there's been some changes to the Panto coming up this year. There has. I mean, we've had lots of different plan A's, B's, C's, <laughs> Z's. You know, it's just been, it's been ongoing and things change daily. But... But we're confident, you know, we're confident that we're going to get the building open. I mean, with regards to Panto, yes, I mean, we've, we've transferred the 2021, uh, sorry, 2020 uh, Peter Pan to 2021, and we're now doing Dick Whittington. Um, so you can still get your tickets for Peter Pan. So that is going to go ahead. And John Chalice, you know, Boise from Only Falls and Horses, he's still on board. So he's carrying on with it. Um, but we decided that, because of the way things are going, the cost of Peter Pan was extortionate. I mean, it's a really big budget show. And we had an external producer. Um, but we decided that it was probably best that we said to the external producer, look, we don't want this risk on both of us. 
So why don't we change the title, um, which we've t- changed Dick Whittington? Um, it's a cheaper show, but not cheap as in, you know, the, the show's cheap. It's yeah. just as in technically it's cheaper. So we decided to do that. And we, we are going to fund it ourselves at the theatre because we've been quite clever. Well, not me personally, but our CEO, Paul, since he's been in um, since, uh, well, three years he's been in, he's changed the way the theatre's run. So we ring fence all of our ticket money. So any show that gets cancelled um, for whatever reason, the ticket money goes straight back to the customer. We don't live off that ticket money. We live off the reserves that you know that we've managed to you know chuck in our reserve pot. So we're you know we're, we're very lucky in that respect. So we can afford to to fund the panto ourselves, which is is so exciting. And we're going to do Dick Whittington, and it's called the Pompey Panto. And what that means, it's going to have lots of local talent, professional local talent that have either done something professionally in the West End or in the music world or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we just felt that if we can bring that talent in, um, it can be a real, you know, as, as we've called it, a real Pompey Panto. So we're really excited about that because it will still have all the elements that, you know, our Pantos have, the 12 Days of Christmas the ghost gag, you know, it will have everything that everyone expects. But the good thing is it's only £20 a ticket right across the board. So, you know, that's a really good selling point for us is that we hope that everybody gets behind it and comes out and just has a party because that's what we want to do. So we are definitely going ahead with it as long as the government allows us to do that. So that is our plan. And do you, do you think uh, it won't be too long before theatres open? You know, we've seen, we've seen the likes of pubs and stuff opening, uh, cinemas and stuff are opening, so it can't be yeah. too different, can it, really? Well, it, it can't. It's all to do with this live performance thing. They don't want, you know, when they said people can do, uh, theatres can open but nobody can sing. Well, if you're doing a musical, <laughs> that's going to be a bit difficult, you know. So, Mum and me is going to be very different. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think the government are listening um, but they need to listen to regional theatre. That's what they need to do. They can't just listen to the guys in the West End because theatre doesn't just mean the West End. I love the West End, obviously, yeah. you know, but regional theatre is a massive role in any any art. And to have to not have regional theatre, you probably won't have the West End and vice versa. So regional theatre is really important and the government must listen to you know to our guys and anyone that wants to speak to our ceo about it and how you know our plans and everything like that anyone if there's anyone listening in the government please get in touch because he makes so much sense he's been in the business a very very long time and he's got so much sense around it so you know he's, he's desperate to get on to some sort of tv you know, uh, question time or something like that you know <laughs> desperate to do it so but no it's um it's it's it's, it's exciting but it's also quite daunting so mm. but, but we're getting there we're getting there you know it's all good <laughs> it's all good i like that uh, keep calm and carry on isn't it uh, exactly now, it, it, other than maybe uh, watching your live streams and buying the panther tickets is there any way we, we can kind of get involved and, and help you guys out in the meantime yeah, I mean, there's, listen, there's always anything. If anyone's got any ideas about, you know, maybe getting involved, then please do just get in touch with us. Go on our website and email us because, you know, we're always up for ideas. Um, I mean, obviously, you guys, Express, have just been, you know, been brilliant. You're always promoting. So, you know, I'm sure we can come up with something at some point. I mean, we do, 
obviously we've still got shows on sale for next year you know so maybe i can have a chat with you about the shows that we've got on for next year you know we've got we will rock you now that's you know what a great show that is mm. we've got strictly ballroom which craig Revel Hallwood's directing we've got thriller you know we've got lots of shows that are on sale already for next year so tickets are still available so that is a good way of helping us keep the theater going is still buy your tickets because i'm i'm sure by 2021 the virus i'm not saying it's going to be gone and we flick a switch and it goes but i think things will start getting easier so that is a massive way to help if you can support us in the meantime and and just to say we've got a bit of a teaser oh we we're going to show some films um during uh, the next in the next few months um but it's it's more than films <clears throat> i can't say exactly what it is um, but we are showing some sort of musical themed films, but there may be maybe some extra something to go with those films, possibly special guests. Um, but I can't say too much at the moment till it's absolutely confirmed. But that should be announced on Monday. So please keep an eye on our website and social media. OK, so if, yeah. you, if people want to follow, make sure they do get the updates. Uh, where do they need to go, Jack? So if you go to www.kingsportsmouth.co.uk and obviously our Facebook page, which is Kings Theatre or any other sort of social media um, sites as well. A big thank you, as always, to all of my guests this week on the show. Uh, And don't forget, we want to hear from you for the remaining few coronavirus special uh, podcasts. So if you have a question or a story that you would like to put to us, then please, please do send me an email, robbie at expressfm.com. And the coronavirus special is back on Wednesday from six o'clock.